Hey, Johnny, uh, it's part three. Are you excited? I am very excited. I'm praying and hoping you didn't catch me saying that weird fucking shit before you started recording. <laughs> I caught the, ooh, <laughs> like E40 up in here. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I know about that stuff. Dan heard of E40. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll cheek, take it. Cheek to sneak. Listen, well, who else you got? You got, you, what, what did you listen to music when the Bay Area was real hot? And then that's no, it. No, man. Uh, one of my, one of my roommates in the Marine Corps was from Oakland. So he oh. listened to like, you know, uh, the Thizzle Dance, Ghost Ride the Whip, uh, Keek the Sneak, like I said, E40. Well, so I know. Uh, shout out to Mac Dre, rest in peace. Get a look on your face like you smell some piss. Did I? No, no, no. That's the thizzle dance. Oh, oh, oh. Well, I'm not worried. About, I'm I'm trying to pay reverence uh, <laughs> to a gentleman who's no longer with us. And you're over here reciting lyrics. Psst, pull it together, Brady. I'm trying, dude, but I'm a piece of garbage. Anyways, welcome to yeah. What in the History. I'm yeah. Johnny Smith. Part three of Operation Paperclip. Today we're getting into the meat and potatoes. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> and I'm a I'm a meat and potatoes guy. I am a strictly meat guy. No potatoes mm. around here. Yeah, because you're slimming down. You're I'm gonna trying, be smaller man. than me. Dan, you'll always be uh you'll always be an enigma in my life, and there's no way uh you can ever get any larger than you already are. It's you're you're never gonna get smaller. <laughs> that didn't come out the way I wanted it to, but you guys know what the fuck I meant. He's he's colossal. Okay, so anyway, let's get into this, sir. Are you ready? No, no. How about that? How about I'm not ready? I need about three seconds because I'm a fucking diva. One, uh, two, three. I'm ready. Let's go. So, uh, where we last left off in part two, uh, part two, uh, a soldier from Sheboygan <laughs> uh, discovered Magnus von Braun. At first, the Americans didn't believe Magnus, uh, but they brought him to the local counterintelligence command HQ. Uh, eventually he convinced the American intelligence personnel, uh, Warner Von Braun and his leading scientists. See, nobody uh, believes it stinks. Uh, made, made their way nervously uh, to meet the allies rather than being kicked in the teeth as Von Braun had feared they would. Uh, the Germans underwent an ordinary debriefing followed by billeting in local houses and an American breakfast of fried eggs the following morning. And now, uh, let me stop you, Dan. Is fried eggs really an exclusively American breakfast? Uh, how we do them, yeah. I know like British breakfasts involve a lot of beans and stuff like that. But like, I don't know, maybe it's me being culturally blind, but I feel like eggs are involved in a lot of different breakfasts around the world. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I haven't, I've been to other countries, but I haven't had strictly their breakfasts, so I can't tell you. Okay, fair enough. I've never, I've been to uh, two other countries and I've never had anyone's breakfast. Um, So... The Americans moved the 500 scientists uh, and temporarily interned them 
uh, for questioning about the V2 Rockets. The vast majority of the men received their release from custody within two weeks. Um, meanwhile, U.S. Colonel Hol uh, Toftoy spearheaded the effort of the Americans to bring the German scientists to America. You know, something we haven't touched about the entire time is the cost of all this shit. Right. They're just moving and housing 500 people but just willy-nilly. At, at the end of the day, these scientists generated over $10 billion worth of patents. We we know that now. Yeah. You know, it's it's easy to say it with hindsight. At the time, they were taking some 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 wealthy risk. It doesn't well, matter because they fucking shit on us and our money as it is, so it doesn't matter. No, they they saw a huge value. So to them, it was going to be worth it. I mean, of course, they didn't pull the American people on what they wanted their tax dollars spent on. But hey. I mean, they never do. They just waste it. Throw it away. Fuck so, it. So uh, the Germans and the Americans bargained. And part of a deal they worked out, the U.S. teams located their families and brought them uh, to the, the facilities. There they received food, clothing, and shelter while awaiting transport to America along with those of the scientists who chose to emigrate there. Okay, so there was... Now, how many were employed by the United States? Uh, thousands. Eventually, the number would be thousands. Okay, so if you were a scientist, a German scientist, and you survived, you could more than likely get a job for the government. Because it, they didn't just bring over scientists as a part of this. They brought over the engineers, some of the laborers, uh, that weren't slave labor, you know, they, they brought over the guys who just didn't um, uh, work, you know, design the rockets, the guys who built the wind tunnels and, you know, tested them and stuff like that. Okay, so they brought over the scientists with accessories. Yes. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so uh, most of the Germans remained determined to travel to America which they believe had the resources to carry out their rocketry dreams and the strength to emerge victorious and the future class with the Soviets. In one case, the Americans handed over Walter Dornberger to the British for a war crimes trial. And after the court eventually acquitted him in 1947, the general traveled to join the rest of uh, his men that were at the Penamod uh, facility and their new Western Hemisphere homeland. Oh, so he came back after he got off on his charges. Yep. That was the goal. Remember, like I said, they all huddled together, and they're like, oh, fuck the French. Fuck the Russians. The British can't afford us. Yeah, America. USA. USA. Yeah, fuck these dudes. These they scientists. Kyle Mickey Mouse. These scientists are pieces of shit. Oh, um, so the scientists willingly, in some case, eagerly, uh, left war ravaged Soviet, uh, threatened Germany for the new world. The U S army flew a select few to Boston in September, 1945, the rest followed by ship in November of the same year from the East coast. They traveled to El Paso, Texas by railway railway. And Von Braun himself found amazed at the gigantic spaces of the United States. Huh. So this is where we get into the discussion, really, of morality. The matter of the German biological and epidemiology. Yeah, fuck that word. Epimology. 
Uh, yeah. Okay. Research uh, proved much thornier for the Allies to tackle. The Allies also showed themselves conflicted about what to do with the Third Reich's infamous medical researchers. Oh, Dan, uh, just quick update. Uh, it's official. Biden passes 270 electoral college votes to be elected the next president of the United States. Yay, shit show. Um, the <laughs> medical scientists had exposed prisoners to extreme, often fatal conditions uh, uh, just to learn and document the effects of cold altitude and other conditions on the human body. Uh, the Germans also undertook extensive research on vaccines vaccines by providing some prisoners with experimental vaccinations then attempting to defect them in a usually larger control group with some uh with some sort of virus so vaccinations originate from germans a lot of them yeah huh see i don't know they weren't it's the first they weren't the first people to make vaccines uh but they were they did a lot of research on them, unfortunately, unfortunately. Who were the uh, first people to do vaccines, do you know? I don't know. Okay, fair enough. Um, the German doctors conducted typhus research um, uh, most frequently in this manner. The Third Reich also researched chemical and biological warfare, but feared to use it, anticipating massive Allied retaliation. So, like, the Americans couldn't just do what they're doing with the, the scientists, with the, the medical doctors, you know? Yeah, obviously. Because it would be a lot harder to get the public behind uh, fucking Joseph uh, Mengdala coming to the United States to work in a hospital. If they would have kept <clears throat> his name quiet, like if they would have changed his identity, I think, okay, <clears throat> here's where I lose some people. I think it would have been beneficial. Because yeah. evil as he was, he was able to take his genius and transform and mutate the potatoes on a fucking farm to grow larger, to grow better potatoes. He was a talented scientist. He could have been used for his knowledge and, and ability as well. Right. Unfortunately, uh, you know, he was one of those wild dudes who was like, we got humans to test on. Motherfuck it. Let's see what happens if we take his dick off and sew it to this guy's forehead. Uh, uh, so uh, the initial group of German scientists. How else are you going to learn, Dan? How else are you going to learn? You can't plant a dick on someone's forehead until you surgically operate about well, a dozen of them. I'm I'm not a doctor, but I would have just came to that conclusion that you can't do it in the first fucking place. Well, that's because he laid the groundwork for us. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, I never thought I'd say this statement, but Daniel Brady, you have Joseph Mengele to thanks for your knowledge of knowing that. <laughs> uh, so originally the group of German scientists um, uh, were permitted into the country were around 118. However, the paperclip project expanded uh, as it started yielding the specific dividends um, and, Amer uh, and America eventually brought 700 experts to its shores plus their families. For years, much of the research occurred in the Southwest with V2 rockets 
and other devices tested at White Sands. Many of the Germans adopted Western fashion wearing cowboy hats and sombreros. Oh, I bet they looked fucking ridiculous. Yeah, man. Sombreros and cowboy hats. What the fuck? <laughs> and I'm sure boots, too. Come on. Yeah, uh, yeah. Cowboy boots never worked a day in their lives, manual labor like that. I'd like to see what their pants and uh, shirts were. I'm sure it was a novelty for a German scientist to wear jeans at the office. I, I tried to sign, find some photos, but uh, I <laughs> 1950s German scientists wearing cowboy boots and cowboy hats didn't yield the results I wanted. That is the uh, the little niche of porn I actually look up. <laughs> I never uh, thought anyone would guess it. My God. Good job, Dan. <laughs> so test of the V-2 rockets began uh, May 1946 with the first successful launch coming in June. Uh, the Germans worked to teach the American rocketry scientists what they knew. The once terrifying V-2s now carried scientific instruments for studying the planet's upper atmospheric layers, providing an additional layer of usefulness. So they were just giving dividends. Yes, they were teaching them. Uh, so for for what it's worth, these German scientists, Werner von Braun, they wanted to educate people. Oh, they wanted how, to pass on how, their how, knowledge. How altruistic of them. Yeah, they love what they did minus, you know, I mean, they probably loved all of it. They're treated like gods in Germany, I'm sure. You know, if they had any disdain for the Jewish people in Germany, I'm sure when they got to America and were treated so well, they allowed that disdain to grow because there was no consequences. Yeah. Um, so Werner von Braun and other scientists first entered the United States as special, you'll like this story, special employees of the U.S. Army. However... INS, the Immigration and Naturalization Service, objected to this, declaring the Germans to be illegal immigrants. To solve the problem, the Army engaged in a piece of border theater of a type familiar to anyone who had traveled extensively between the two countries. The Army drove the Germans to El Paso, and there the group of scientists crossed the bridge to Juarez on Mexican territory, then there they boarded a streetcar and crossed into the United States again where border agents officially prepared their entry papers for as illegal immigrants. Oh, boy. They just did the whole fucking switcheroo like that. Like, it's not that easy. Where's DACA when you need it? <laughs> That's for kids, Johnny. Whatever. Whatever. They're taking our jobs, dude. I With no, what's pissing me off is they let these people come in from Mexico and take our goddamn jobs. I could have been developing the rocket right now, but no, they let the fucking illegals in. I'm sick of it. <laughs> so the Germans were now officially immigrants, and they were able to stay indefinitely in the United States, and the door opened for them to conduct more complex experiments. That explained his new name, though. It was uh, uh, Juan Von Braun. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> um so the, the american government did temporarily temporarily lose interest in the german scientists uh but that was quickly 
uh, demolished because in 1949, the Soviet atom bomb test was successful and it shocked them out of their complacency. Yeah, the Soviets were actually ahead of their time. Um, they were doing, uh, what was it, guidance systems and, and radar Why do you detection. Think that was, Johnny? And radar detection. If You don't want my honest answer, Dan. It's because they brought over German scientists. I think it was because aliens landed. Okay, Johnny. Uh, they just landed over there first. I'm to say I'm looking for a new co-host. And then, no, knows. no, no. And check this out. And then the early aliens learned the true intentions and like the evil nature of, uh, of, the, of the Soviets. So they backed out. You know, but the Soviets already had the info they knew, but they realized America at the time wasn't like fucking completely evil. And so they decided to invest in us and we were better diplomats, all that jazz. That's why our technology quickly advanced right. beyond theirs. Hey, yeah. I'm just giving you the fucking cold hard facts, man. <laughs> oh, the cold hard facts. Yeah, man. I was a newsie. Aliens hey. give, give Nazis help. Read all about it. Hey, Johnny. This isn't fucking inquisitive minds. I'm going to need you to shut the fuck up. Man, I'm giving you the gold. <laughs> I'm, I'm relaying real information. This is what they don't teach you in history books. You know, Dan Dan says he, he shot a duck this year. He said he shot a goose. And I hate to tell you, brother, birds aren't even fucking real. Well, I ate them. Okay, so tell me, tell me what did I eat? I don't know, man. It was probably like one of them humans they created in the labs. It, it was probably one of the gay frogs just dressed up like a bird. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's it for sure. Uh, so, in 1949, they moved the scientists into the Redstone Arsenal in northern Alabama, close to Huntsville. While the Germans continued their work and the Americans joined in, Werner von Braun performed an additional service. With his optimistic, outgoing personality and superb uh. people skills, he tirelessly promoted space exploration and aerospace research to the American public. Question, Dan. Was Yo. there ever any instances of a German scientist and a American scientist who joined working together, butting heads and having conflict? Oh, I'm sure there were. I didn't read anything about it, but how would you feel if they're just like, oh yeah, here come our enemies from World War II? I would have had a lot of regrets about my life before that because apparently I could have got away with a lot of shit. I mean, I would also like to think of most instances these guys love for the the for the technology surpassed anything that they had. I mean, one can only hope though, you know. Um so again, von Braun was the face of the space exploration, you know, uh desire for it. This soon made it far easier to secure funding for space programs, as did the partnership offered by Walt Disney, who added Tomorrowland at Disney World in honor of the German scientist's achievement and vision. That doesn't surprise me. Walt Disney is a fucking anti-Semite. <laughs> Walt Disney uh, is a fucking anti-Semite. Why wouldn't he team up with Werner von Braun? Not to be confused with an anti-semi. Um, <laughs> oh, God. We're throwing the material all out there today. <laughs> Though the top scientists, if you want to know what that means, go see Johnny live. Um, 
Though the top scientists in Von Braun's group of 500 represented the centerpiece of Operation Paperclip, the U.S. Army's intelligence units also located thousands of additional scientists and technicians elsewhere, including 4,500 housed in the villages near the Middlework facility and awaiting their face as the, as the Allied juggernaut rolled over Germany. So, huh, okay. I, can, I get what you're saying there. I didn't know what the fuck was happening yet. <clears throat> I was unsure whether or not to skip over this, but fuck it, we're going to talk about it. When they raided the Metalwork facility, they also found the horrors of the Nordhausen and Dora concentration camps filled with the shambling skeletal prisoners and reeking heaps of corpses. With pitiful, pitiful enthusiasm, five of the nearly dead per, uh, prisoners attempted to hoist the commanders of the first immune, uh, American unit uh, to drive into the camp. Oh, that's pitiful. You know, I no, heard a lot of people that got out of concentration camps, like when they were near death, when they got out and started eating, they died shortly after because their body didn't adjust to it. Right. I heard, I heard it killed a lot of people. Oh, yeah. They, like, uh, again, to reference Band of Brothers, they talk about how, like, they couldn't feed the, the Jewish uh, prisoners they found for, like forty-eight hours. He's like, if we fed them now, they would all die. Yeah, that's just crazy, man. And and how fucked up are you? You're in the concentration camp. You're like, yeah, we're free, and they're like, we can't feed you forty-eight hours. You're like, what the fuck kind of policy is this shit? Right. Because <laughs> as a as a starving prisoner, you're not going to understand that shit. Motherfucker, give me some pop tarts and a Mountain Dew. Let's get this party started. Uh, they. So this uh, drove the American troops into a rage, right? Um, and Rah. they were looking to take it out on somebody, but something diverted their attention. They secured one of the largest troves of surviving V2 technology for the U.S. The intelligence troops of Toftoy found 100 disassembled uh, V2 rockets in the facility. Nearby, the bombing of bridges had trapped hundreds of German rail cars very close to Middlework. Delighted by these finds, the Americans loaded the V-2 rockets onto the rail cards, repaired the railroad bridges, and shipped the rockets to Antwerp. Oh, so jackpot for them then. The kind of irony of this is that they shipped these disassembled rockets when several hundred uh, actual rockets were launched at Antwerp. Huh, I didn't know that. So the British protested. They said, hey, some of those are your are ours. They asked the Americans to hand over half of the rockets. Um, oh, you're asking a little much there, especially from the Americans, British. I don't think you know who we are. So Colonel Joel Holmes of the technical division pulled a little uh, sneaky sneaky. He took advantage of the red tape involved and launching uh, our um, and took advantage of the red tapes he shipped the V-2 rockets to U.S. as soon as they could be loaded so that by the time the order to split the rockets with the English arrived, the weapons were already on their way to American shores. Nice. Nice. Look, British are cool, okay? But look, we've been running this town for a while. Uh, we got on a leather jacket and shit. You see me pulled up in the motorcycle, British. I seen you hop out of the minivan. Get the fuck out of my face about these rockets. So these rockets eventually ended up at White Sands uh, for Von Braun's team to use. The Americans also 
ferreted out and retrieved the enormous cache of 14 tons of documents placed in the mine uh, at Von Braun's request. Remember when he drove all those documents into the cave? Yes. Have you ever heard of the Amber Room? No. It was a book I read about like uh, hidden Nazi gold. Have you heard anything about like hidden Nazi treasures? Yes. What's your thoughts on that? Any still out there? Any found? Oh, I'm sure they, they hit them all over the place. Man, just one day I would like to go to a yard sale and get a picture and behind it, it'd be the Declaration of Fucking Independence. Just one goddamn time. <laughs> yeah. I promise you, I wouldn't give it back to, to the government. I would put that shit up on eBay or whoever to the highest bidder because, uh, first off, the document's failing us, so why would you want another copy anyway? It's not like you're following it to the T in the first place. You know? It's fucking yeah. ridiculous. So, a lot of a lot of these scientists also they were employed by the United States military. Um, they got uh, shipped across. They also got jobs with like propulsion companies. Um, some of them like relocated to Pasadena, California. Uh, just again, their their knowledge was all over the place. Like a former Luftwaffe scientist received a. Yale professorship in 1960 rose to even higher post in a prestigious institution. These guys were everywhere. Yeah, it seems like it, man. Like, I'm not riding Yale's dick, but what the fuck? Again, people don't give a shit what you do if you're smart enough, I guess. Right. Like, wasn't Stephen Hawking a womanizer before he, before he was, was like yeah. in his chair? And didn't... Oh. Uh, didn't fucking uh, Einstein marry his cousin or some shit? Yeah. And then Roosevelt with his cousin? Darwin with his cousin. Yeah, so what the fuck? If you're smart enough, people are just like, oh, they could do some weird shit. Jared Fogle should have been like a, a chemical biologist, and maybe he would have been free today. <laughs> so in the aftermath of the wars, the Allies collated created a plethora of overlapping missions, forces, plans, and operations to sift Germany for valuable personnel and technology. Uh, though confused, jumbled, and often redundant with no overall rationalizing framework, these numerous uh, initiatives and organizations did their work thoroughly gleaning incredible quantities of data from the fallen thousand-year Reich. Thousand-year Reich. The sheer number and scope, because that was the intention. You know, I hate how these fucking white supremacists and, like, Nazis and shit have, like, uh, hijacked Norse mythology. Mm-hmm. You know, it really gets my goat. <laughs> um. So the sheer number and scope of these allied plans ensured that little escaped them. And through the, the controversy over bringing the Third Reich scientists to the United States never died and still periodically resurfaces thanks to published books on the topics. Or fascinating podcasts about history. Right. Operation Paperclip yielded an undoubted benefits to the U.S. and the entire free world. Uh, the creation of the atom bomb. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Real, real quick, Dan. Uh, to quote Eminem and 8 Mile, fuck the free world. <laughs> uh so the creation of the uh, atom bomb and its eventual union with the ballistic missiles, 
the synthesis of American German war, uh, World War II science uh, created a situation in which global war paradoxically, paradoxically became less rather than more likely. Maybe it's me, but I'm getting uh, this uh, Werner von Braun, as you're describing him as charismatic people person. I'm getting like <clears throat> a more technical uh, L. Ron Hubbard in my mind. So, <clears throat> yeah. Um, the United States and USR uh, arguably fought World War III during the years described as the Cold Wars, with the Soviets mostly acting through proxies such as North Korea and the North Vietnamese. America, in turn, funded the resistance against Soviet Union aggression. Wouldn't that come back to bite us in the ass? <laughs> yeah, it did. And supported Israel against Soviet-backed Arab states in the strategically crucial oil lands in the Middle West. Question, These proxy man. wars tested Americans' resolve and also sought to undermine or bolster political support for free world united against the red fascism of the USR. What is your stance on the state of Israel? Dude, I don't know enough to make a a real statement, but I believe that Americans shouldn't be involved in other countries' businesses. What do you feel about the state of Israel as far as it as a country? Like I said, I don't know enough to make a statement. I really okay. don't. Okay, okay. Just Just curious, just seeing where your head is at. But again, I don't believe we should be involved. I think it's a horrible, horrible, horrible place to live. Um, I've heard guys that I've met guys that have been there and said the hookers are top notch. So I don't know. All right. Well, that's 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 the weird gauge Dan has for places. I've heard <laughs> the hookers are top quality, so it seems like I'm an okay place to be. Ah, um, Dan, Dan, should I go here? No, nah, you don't want to go here. They got shitty hookers. Oh, okay. That's rotten. That's Dan's rotten tomatoes. Is how are the hookers? <laughs> it only got two and a half hookers. Don't go there. So uh, the Cold War never became a global uh, cataclysm like World War II. You're welcome, uh, by the way. Yeah, um, but it may have well. But this, like, kind of like, I won't say it was peaceful, but you know, no, uh, no large scale war might have resulted from the threat of mutually assured destruction presented by uh, nuclear ballistic missiles. I'm not trying to give up my identity here, but I'm just going to say you've never seen me and Gorbachev in the same room together. <laughs> uh, thus, it's fair to assert that the nuclear-armed descendants of Werner von Braun's A-4 rockets kept the lid on Pandora's box of a planet-wide conventional war of a apocalyptic proportions thus leading to the eventual withering of the inefficient despotic Soviet system and the slow pain painful but quickening spread of democracy and human rights to many other regions of the world all right guys I'll be honest I'm Iron Man I <laughs> uh, operation paperclip also paved the way for a peaceful application of Werner von Braun's technology. Indeed, that which first captured his enthusiasm in the days between the world wars. The first tentative but critical ventures of humanity into space, including the Apollo mission. 
the satellite network, the space shuttle, and various scientific probes emerged from the technology, technological treasures, and intellectual prowess gained for the United States through paperclip. Walter Dornberger offered insightful commentary following one of the A-4's early launches. Uh, we have invaded space with our rocket, and for the first time, mark this well, we have used space as a bridge between two points on Earth. We have proved rocket propulsion practicable, practicable for space travel. To land, sea, and air may now be an infinite empty space as an area of future transportation, that of space travel. Okay, when did Werner von Braun die? Um, let me have that answer for you quickly. Okay, I just want to see how much of our space program he actually got to see achieved, you know what I mean, before his death. I think you saw quite a good bit of it. Yeah, he died uh, June 16th in 1977. Oh, yeah, he saw a decent amount. Okay. He saw the first man on the moon. moon, moon. <laughs> he saw Mew and got the fuck out of there, huh? <laughs> um, oh, let's see. Where did I just leave off? <laughs> you, were just set, you, you said a quote from some dude who said some shit about some space shit. Um, so and, I, and I've chimed in like Harry Carey. Hey, Dan, if you were a hot dog, would you eat yourself? <laughs> 21st century entrepreneur. I love that sketch. Uh, <laughs> century entrepreneur and space enthusiast, Elon Musk. Uh, oh, shit. The first trip into space as being as important to the history of life on Earth as the first animal venturing forth onto land out of the sea. While Robert Goddard built the first liquid fuel rocket, the Germans of Operation Paperclip brought a critical element to the United States, their fascination with space and belief in the value of interplanetary exploration. Despite the dark past of the Third Reich science, Paperclip brought the German and American science of the mid-20th century together to launch the Space Age, a towering breakthrough which someday may be universally recognized as having the same importance as the evolution of land animals or the first use of fire or the wheel. I think we are ways off from realizing it as that important yet. Yeah. I think we have a ways to go because right now I know I'm like, who gives a fuck? And I know a lot of people are like that and go into space. I mean, thank God uh, Elon Musk is, is undertaking that because it is so fucking expensive. The, yeah, I, I read the numbers a while back in the first trip to space, I think, and I may be off on this, but it took the equivalent of in today's money of $40 billion. Right. Like, that's the thing most people don't realize when they bitch about, oh, why haven't we been back? Why haven't we been back? It's fucking expensive. And what the fuck do you want to go back to the moon for? What are we doing? Getting more rocks? There's rocks down by the lake. Get the fuck out of here. Like Werner von Braun. He was the chief architect of the Saturn V super heavy lift launch vehicle that propelled the Apollo spacecraft to the moon. Um, huh, so he was he was integral. Yeah. Uh, in 1967, he was inducted into the National Academy of Engineering. Watch, an watch, Dan. In another five years, there's going to be a movie, and it's going to be like we're going to find out like a young black lady was behind it the whole time. Right. 
What was that movie? I forgot what it was, but the three ladies that uh, were the mathematicians for, for NASA. Oh, my God. Hidden um, something? Was it Hidden Something? Taraji P. Henson was in it, I believe. Yeah. I know what movie you're talking about, and I cannot think of it right now. It was actually a pretty interesting movie. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that's really the end of all the information. Now we're going to discuss it a little bit. Mm. Like, this was controversial, but... You don't say. It was was beneficial. Yes. Other other than the the slave labor, these guys didn't conduct experiments on people. These these guys... They were funded by by a fucking hateful regime. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and remember, remember in around 2002, the commercial was going around, if you buy drugs, you support terrorism? Yes. Like, if you buy weed from your local dealer, you're supporting the fucking terrorists? Yeah. If you build rockets, you're supporting terrorists. <laughs> We're in a bomb Fuck that dude, man. Fuck that dude. And the fact that he was charismatic upsets me so much more. So, there is one quote that I... I really like, and it just kind of shows the sadness of where he was at. You know, I, I know he chose to stay with the Germans, but also if he had left, they would have fucking killed him or they would have thrown him in a concentration camp. He would have had plenty of time to think about his fucking rockets. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Uh, Who's the quote by? Warner Von Braun. I'm just, I thought I had it pulled up, but I didn't. I just want to get it right. See, I don't look Uh, for other people's quotes because everything I say is a quote. Boom. Gold. Quoted. He he said this after the first time they struck England with uh, the V2 rocket. The rocket worked perfectly, except for landing on the wrong planet. Okay, so he wanted to destroy another planet or send the rocket? He wanted to go to the moon. Oh, so that was his big dream the whole time. Yeah, man. Like I said, these guys were fucking space nerds. They watched they watched a movie called Woman in the Moon and read science fiction, and they're like, yeah, we can do that. That's what they wanted to do. That quote uh, doesn't seem fucking endearing. Like it that quote just from personally just irks me. Like, oh, it landed on the wrong planet. Well, you designed it and you knew what the fuck it was capable of. Yes. Sadly, he did, and he didn't like it. Uh Okay. Uh, fuck I mean, you, Johnny. Why do I'm, you have to fight me on everything? I'm not fighting you. I'm just saying, fuck this dude. Like he's an, he was smart, but he didn't deserve to get the good life he got, and that irks me. Like f- fuck this dude to the fullest. Oh, Johnny, Johnny, Johnny. Like damn, if you are privy to people being abused, you're essentially abusing them too. <laughs> you're not you know what i mean like if you're not offering help you're just detrimental to the situation you're sitting by when you know shit's going on that doesn't mean like oh well he had his work to do it's like no that motherfucker was cold-hearted piece of shit that didn't give a fuck about human life oh so what do you say johnny if you could go back in time would you stop this from happening or would you let it happen i would change some things <laughs> I would not, seriously, I would not give them the rock star fucking lifestyle. 
You're yeah. gonna get like you're gonna get like prison work. Like if you got such a fucking hard on about making these goddamn rockets, then that'll be your joy in life. Twelve hours a day, you'll come work on these rockets. You'll go back to fucking jail afterwards. Fuck. And then when you're done, when when our use for you is over, then you're fucking you're dead in jail for the rest of your life. Like fuck this dude. <laughs> he deserved none of the good shit. Like I don't care how smart he was. I, I I went to a school in middle school. The first speech they gave, they say, uh, "Character is higher than intellect," and they oh. go off about that. And I firmly believe that. Like I don't care how smart you are, if you're a fucking cocksucker, I don't I don't want no parts. And, right, and Dan, yeah. the thing about history, you say, would I go back and stop it? Who's to say if if that was changed, someone else on our side wouldn't have developed something? You know what I mean? Yeah, but how long down the road would it have taken? Who's to say? Who's to say someone on the American side didn't trigger something that, that ignited the inspiration to get successful uh, successful weaponry? Right. You know, we, I, I wasn't there, obviously, you know, and I'm sure if you asked Mr. Charisma, Mr. Rockstar, he would take all the credit. He'd be like me and me and my German homies did this shit. Fuck the Americans. It wasn't about loyalty to anyone. It wasn't, it was about a paycheck oh. and saving his ass. Fuck him. So did you enjoy this episode? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I always enjoy it. Okay. Did you learn a lot? Um, I didn't learn too much. No. I didn't learn too much just because a lot of it was technical stuff. And like, wow, that hurts. That no, hits no, no, right no, 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 no. Like with the, the, the V twos and shit. Like I could yeah. understand them in the context of the conversation, but as far as that goes, since I don't know anything about that type of shit, if you ask me what a V two is today, I'll be like some kind of rocket. But, but as far as long, like, long range rocket, the first of their time. But as far as like the whole transportation process and how they became over and, and their importance throughout the Nazi regime. Yeah. I learned a lot on that. Okay. Like I said, like I said, it really like, there's always one fact that I learned that like sticks with me and, and affects me. And I don't know why this episode, it was the fact that he was all fucking charismatic. Like that, that was the one that stuck out. And that's the one that's like really fucking scratching my itch right now like piece of shit like i wish he was just like a socially awkward nerd like struggled in conversation shit but no he's like hey everybody it's werner von braun oh <laughs> well we got a we got a, a good episode coming up this week though johnny I, I think we do as well i think all the episodes are good hashtag fuck uh, the haters <laughs> we got we have haters Dan, we're not good enough to have haters yet. So, I know we're live and we're recording, but I literally was just checking uh, our numbers just to, to see uh, what they were. <laughs> we've In a day, we've gone up 40 listens. Oh, that's fucking phenomenal. Thanks, whoever's out there listening. I hope yeah, you guys. Thank you, guys. This is real on air enjoyment. We are at 571, Johnny. I hope you guys enjoy our uh, awkward back and forth. Uh, even if you can't tell through this episode, we truly love each other. <laughs> like, I hope you guys enjoy the back and forth. It seems like you are from the listens. I, I don't just, know. 
amazed by that. Wow. Yeah, we thank you for all the support. Make sure to go check out the uh, the merch shop now. Uh, it's a Teespring store. Uh, link will be in the episode description. We got shirts, mugs with some quotes. We got the uh, logo on some shirts, you know, and the uh, graphic was designed by Brianna Woodward. Uh, she was our guest on Shop Talk this week. We actually recorded right. Shop Talk before we recorded uh, the regular episode. So I just want to keep promoting her great, during these episodes. Great episode. Great, great episodes. Um, great interactions, funny, entertaining. And uh, next week, who do, what do we have uh, next episode, Dan? The Silk Road. Now, I knew about the Silk Road only in the context of it being a internet black market. But apparently it was a very important trade route back in around what time, Dan? Oh, man. Um, early, like, I think it started in 500 BC. It connected the Roman Empire with the East. So it was a very crucial pathway. Right. And it's what Marco Polo traveled. You know, it's very well known. And it's kind of like the precursor to like the Dutch East India Trading Company and stuff like that. Okay, so if you want to hear about uh, some more fucking history, catch us next week. Um, Dan, you got anything coming up outside of the podcast? No, no, man, we're shut back down here. I did have a great set last week, but that's probably the last one for a while. Right on. Uh, I'm in the same boat. You guys know where to check me out. Uh, Facebook.com slash John. Uh, Instagram at Pandasmith827 or catch me over at my other podcast, Inquisitive Minds. Remember, it's spelled a little bit different. I-N-Q-U-I-Z-A-T-I-V-E. Minds. Dan? Uh, you can find me at DB Comedy 814 on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, follow us here at What in the History Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, YouTube. Hey, and if you are a listener... Please reach out with a review, a comment. Just say hello. We want to know who you are and where you're from. But other than that, uh, we look forward to the next week's dive. All right, folks. Thank you for sticking with us. I hope you enjoyed. hope you learned a lot. You guys have a good night. Peace and love. It was a moonless night. I was 18 years old. Life was going nowhere. It was midnight at the railroad tracks Miles away from anywhere I said my dark prayer You didn't look quite How I figured Green suit and black hair Smile on his face, ribbons on his chest. He seemed to walk on air. He promised to get me out of this town. I'd be handsome, wealthy, and brave. I travel the world, be powerful, but a slave until my grave. Now it's raining in the desert I said, oh, it's gotta rain on me I'm just another of the devil's dogs 
Time. 